speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. And welcome especially to all of you families and friends of these three candidates. Uh, we've just heard a gospel in which Jesus asks us to think about the subject of greatness. So taking that we are his disciples as well, I want to ask you to think about your own vision of greatness. Who do you think of when you think of the acronym a GOAT, greatest of all time? Muhammad Ali, Tom Brady, LeBron, Serena, Beyonce, Springsteen. <laughs> What's the measure? What's their greatness all about? Um, while you're thinking about that, think about what Tom Brokaw taught us about the greatest generation, what was great about that generation. Or when LBJ decided to launch the Great Society, what did he have in mind? Or when you see those red caps that we will make America great again, what kind of greatness do those caps indicate or suggest? I want you to compare and contrast those various visions of greatness with what Martin Luther King told a group of students. He said, Every, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a, this is great stuff. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity or the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace a soul generated by love. So there we have it. Different, even competing visions of what greatness is all about. And it's a distinction that is anything but new because we find those distinctions found in the gospel that I just read. It's chosen for the feast of the saint after whom this church is named. And we begin with what may be the first recorded incident of a stage mother at work. The mother of James and John comes to Jesus with a request for her boys. They were part of Jesus' inner circle already. They even got a nickname from Jesus. They were called Sons of Thunder, which suggests that they were not exactly shy and retiring individuals. Along with Peter, they were drawn into closest confidence with Jesus. They climbed the mountain of transfiguration with him, as we'll hear next week. They prayed with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And as the disciples were anticipating the arrival of the kingdom, which Jesus was proclaiming, the mother of James and John wants to seal their place of prominence. Can they have a corner office? Can they have unlimited access? Uh, will, what will their title be? Will they be great in the kingdom that is coming? Now, as you might imagine, the other disciples get wind of this power play, and they're not quite happy about it, perhaps because they hadn't thought of it first. But <laughs> aware of this discord, Jesus calls the disciples together. And what he does is offer his vision of greatness. He says, whoever wishes to be great among them must be a servant. Whoever wishes to be first must be slave or servant. That is quite a different vision of greatness that mom had in mind. And maybe it is different than we have in mind in the culture in which we live. 
So where do we go with all these competing visions? Those depicted in the gospel, those surrounding us today. Um, it's our joy and privilege to welcome these families and friends to this service, each with a young candidate for baptism. Uh, they may come in their adorable cluelessness, not exactly sure what is about to happen to them, but we thank God for the lives of Charles and Ingrid and Cordelia. And with hopefulness for their journeys, we welcome them into this community, into the wider community of the church. Uh, we can only imagine the great things, great things, that parents and godparents and family and friend wish for them in days ahead, intend for them in days ahead, pray for them in days ahead. What will greatness look like for these three? And let's expand that. What does greatness look like for each one of us? And what does it look like for a church in a time of transition as we mark this feast day to think about what it would mean to grow in greatness as a church? If I were to say I'm part of a great Episcopal church, what would that even mean? As these young persons are welcomed into the community of faith, uh, baptized into new life, our liturgy, which we'll offer together in a moment, invites us to a set of commitments or promises that suggest a pathway to this holy greatness. First, we'll promise, there are five of them, we'll, we'll promise to continue in the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers, which is to say that the path to holy greatness is no solo act, but one where we need each other, including saints around the world and saints who've gone before, like St. James. We'll promise to repent whenever, doesn't say if ever, whenever we mess up a way that's saying holy greatness includes a recognition that we have fallen short and we stand in need of grace. It is a greatness marked by humility and maybe the willingness to say I could be wrong. We will promise to proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ, sharing what we have come to know of God's grace, aware that we can't show grace if we don't know grace. We promise to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving neighbor as self. We promise to work for justice and peace, respecting the dignity of every human being. Note that the path to holy greatness means service to all persons, respecting the dignity of every human being, no exceptions, not just those we like or agree with, as annoying as that may be. I am not yet sufficiently spiritually evolved to say that I do that all that well, but were that a reality for me, to respect the dignity of every human being, to seek and serve Christ in all persons. I sense that I would have arrived at that holy greatness that Jesus is talking about. The greatness to which we are called by Jesus offers an alternative to the visions of greatness in the city, in our nation, in our world. Increasingly and alarmingly, greatness is confused with supremacy. Increasingly, the heresy that too often takes hold promotes the illusion that greatness comes as we declare ourselves better than somebody else, as we imagine our denomination or our lineage or our nation is greater than others, as we turn blind eye to the ways we've collectively failed, 
as we imagine that someone else or some other group is less human or less worthy or less loved by God, as we insist on being served instead of being a servant, that vision of greatness cannot, must not be confused with the way of love that Jesus showed us when he got up and washed disciples' feet, of all things, and when he stretched out arms on the hardwood of the cross to draw each one of us into his saving embrace, when he gave his life so that we might have life. So with the help, with the help of these three young people, uh, we renew our commitment to the holy greatness set forth by Jesus with a roadmap in these five promises we'll say in a minute. And at heart, it's a call to a life of service and self-sacrifice. Disciples who were jockeying, lobbying for power learned that as they faced the persecution of the first centuries. St. James learned that as he became the first martyr of the church, which is noted in today's reading and collect. Those disciples, they did indeed come to know what Jesus meant when he told them they'd drink the cup he drank. And thanks be to God, we may not be called to that extreme kind of self-offering, but we can find our own way to live into the possibility of greatness held out by Jesus. And that sounds to me like it will have something to do with service. With that in mind, how might you take steps toward holy greatness this week? Where can you be of service? Who can you call and say, how can I help you today? The good news this morning, blessedly, holy greatness is available to each one of us. For as Dr. King reminded us, everyone can be great. As he said, to find holy greatness, you only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. May God give us grace to have that heart and soul. Amen.